Buongiorno bella gente and welcome to this little recap about Don Camillo by Guareschi and my little storytelling about strange or <laughs> funny people of my family as an example of Italian family. So this time uh, I will tell you just some anecdotes about my great uncle Zio Padre Antonio that was a friar, a Franciscan friar and that has passed away uh, now it's since uh, maybe 2005 I don't remember exactly but he was a man of the 20th century and was a perfect example of that kind of um, priest that we had in Italy during that time. Um, why I decided to talk about him? Because, first of all, uh, he was um, a great person and all the family loved him, okay? But he was very traditional and he represented the um, old way, the old school of the Catholic Church of being among people. But at the same time, he was a very cultured person and so uh, he could always have uh, speeches and talk with people and uh, discuss so it was very very interesting to talk with him he was young he was young in the 40s and 50s and 60s he was my grandpa's brother and the strange thing is that at the same time he was yes very traditional but he uh, could open his mind and um, he never learned to drive the car and so he used to travel around Italy hitchhiking and uh, he used to talk with the, the people he met and he uh, had as a, his own mission to convince people that communism was a bad thing because uh, at that time in the middle of the Cold War the church was very, very critical and skeptical about uh, the communist countries. But at the same time, he decided that <laughs> that was his mission. And so when you met him, if you uh, could have met him, he surely would have started a conversation about communism and why it was a bad thing. In fact, when I was uh, younger, when I was a teenager, I had sympathy for the left-wing ideas. Uh, I even had a t-shirt with, uh, with Che Guevara's face uh, on it. And we often talked about these topics, political topics, but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't say my opinion very, very strongly because he, he was so, he was um, already an old person. So I didn't want to, to contradict him. He was also an exorcist. And once I asked him if he had ever met something like the devil and so on, he was very clear, saying that the most of the time people have strange behaviors that uh, are recognized as uh, possessions and so on. In the 99% of the cases, those people just need a psychiatrist. But... Uh, he didn't want to talk uh, so much about this topic. But why I decided to talk uh, about him and to 
I remember about him that was a really good, great uncle. He was a supporter of Naples' team. He liked football, the sport, and he liked very much the good cuisine, as all the Italians do. But even because he was the perfect example of a kind of priest that was common in the 50s and that have been really well depicted in Guareschi's uh, works about Don Camillo. And so I really suggest, if you are studying Italian literature, this author, this writer, for two main reasons. The first one is that his works are really uh, easy to read because he was most of all a journalist and a humorist. And also because uh, in the short stories about Don Camillo e Peppone, you can find the little world, the society and the um, customs of Italy at that time. It's real fun to read uh, these short stories. And also because uh, Guareschi's life has been a, a very interesting one because he was a peculiar person and had a strong character. And Guareschi was very important for what concerned uh, newspapers and magazines, uh, uh, humoristic, humoristic uh, newspapers and magazines. And he often cooperated with uh, Cesare Zavattini, that was one of the most important screenwriter in Italian cinema. And for instance, one of that magazines was called uh, Bertoldo. And even because I like very much people that are contrarian, or as uh, the expression that I have found in English, Mary Mary, quite contrary, that in Italian you can translate with Bastian Contrario. He always become, in Italian we say, the black sheep, la pecora nera, okay, even when uh, Mussolini ruled, And even during the Republic, he had a quarrel with the Communist Party and in particular with uh, Togliatti. He had a quarrel with the Fascist Party, with Mussolini, with uh, the uh, Democrazia Cristiana. Uh, as you can see, he quarreled with all the political parties, but all only, in my opinion, because he was coherent with his own opinions. And so he didn't compromise with anyone. In fact, during the fascism, he knew the lager. Indeed, during the fascist um, government, he uh, was denounced because he invaded against Mussolini, but that first time, nothing very important happened to him. But after the 8th of September, when the fascist army asked him to fight with them, he refused, and so he was sent to Germany in a lager, and for two years he was in Witzendorf, and when he came back to Italy... He was really skinny. In fact, his weight was of 40 kilograms. He was very sick. And he described and talked about that period of his life into the lager in a book called Diario Clandestino. After the war, he established a new humoristic uh, uh, magazine that was called The Candido, uh, together with Giovanni Mosca, another great humorist. And he attacked everyone 
especially the Communist Party. And with his uh, magazine, he also um, helped the Democrazia Cristiana to gain a lot of votes. But that was not uh, enough to prevent him to criticize with Democrazia Cristiana too. And so uh, even Democrazia Cristiana didn't want him and attacked him. The most important and peculiar thing that he said about communists, but in particular the activists of the Communist Party, was that they were dumb, that uh, they were um, not thinking with their own brain, and that they just did what the bosses, <laughs> the leaders of the party said. And he uh, invented a word in Italian that is trina ricciuti, that is not so simple to translate in English, but I'll try. People that have got a third a nostril, or the three nostrils people, I could translate in that way. That me, and he invented this character of person with three nostrils because they needed, they needed a third nostril to uh, let the brain go out <laughs> and the directive of the party get in, because they could not uh, think with their own brain, but they needed uh, the party to order them what to say, what to think. But, as I said before, he uh, started to criticize Democrazia Cristiana too, and in 1950, on his uh, magazine, on the Candido, a comic strip against Luigi Einaudi, our president of the time, uh, was so harsh that he was condemned to eight months of jail. But as he uh, was without a criminal record, the sentence was suspended. But in 1954, he was accused by Alcide de Gasperi and then condemned for defamation, for a, for a story concerning some letters. And that time he was condemned to jail and he stayed one year and a half in jail without asking for, for clemency because he thought that he was right and so he... I didn't want to ask pardon. He was really stubborn. Anyway, he remains the only journalist in Italy in all the history of our republic that has been in jail for what he has written. But coming back to the works about Don Camillo, why you should learn something about this funny... Uh, short stories because they depict a world that I think that doesn't exist anymore in Italy or maybe maybe in some little little towns maybe you could still find uh, this kind of situations and uh, characters even because uh, the first Don Camillo and Pepone was from the 1948 so we are really uh, talking about a lot of time ago but the two main characters Don Camillo that is the priest the friar the priest the priest that uh, reminded me about my great uncle 
Aunt Pepone, that is the mayor of this little town, and obviously is a communist mayor. And these stories are set in uh, Emilia-Romagna, uh, near Reggio Emilia in Parma, in a little town. After this little town has become Brescello, that is near Reggio Emilia, but thanks to the movies, the very famous movies in Italy that were made after the success of these books. So if you want, you can not only read the books, but also watch some of these movies that are still fun, even if they are black and white, so they are uh, of the 50s, and you can find two great actors in those movies, Gino Cervi, that acted um, Peppone, and Don Camillo uh, was um, acted by Fernandel, a very fun and good French actor. So you could find... I don't know where <laughs> those movies that still 20 years ago you could often find in Italian TV. Now, not, not so much. Uh, it's a, a long time that I do not see Don Camillo going uh, on TV in Italy. But uh, they can depict very, very well the life in little towns and the fight, the quarreling, the political quarreling that... Uh, often occurs in Italy. But Don Camillo and Peppone are also a little bit friends, okay? So it's a rivalry, not uh, not bad rivalry, but uh, an optimistic rivalry. Eh? And they are set uh, in Emilia-Romagna not only because uh, uh, Guareschi was uh, from that territory, but also because Peppone is what we call in Italian a mangiapreti. <laughs> and this is a land, the, a territory where there is a great debate, political debate, and especially in the 50s and in the 60s, the Communist Party was the leader in this ter Italian territory. And so we have got this word, mangiapreti, that in, I don't think I can translate in, in, in English. That means anti-clerical, okay? But it's more folkloristic. And word by word means a person who eats priests, okay? <laughs> mangiapreti. So, I hope that you are curious about Don Camillo. So, uh, go checking. Maybe you can find some uh, little pieces, trailers of the movies on YouTube. But the, the books you can uh, find everywhere because they are really, really famous and enjoyable. Okay, so have a nice day and bye-bye.